0: This is August 30th, and this is the Bruins beat on CLNS Media. Welcome back into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Maranovsky. Hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. And what's great is there's actually a fair amount to talk about with the Bruins this week. Uh, Connor Ryan, the guest on most every Bruins Beat on this week, obviously. Uh, I had a great one-on-one with Bruce Cassidy. And uh, got a lot of interesting insight from him. I know a lot of people, you know, some might say, oh, you know, he's the old coach. You know, we're on to Jim Montgomery and the new team. But like, no, I, I think this is really important. And it's really topical stuff because, as always, Cassidy's very, very open with everything. And he was very open uh, with Connor and Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal. So that was a great interview. And, and, and Connor and I discussed that at length. We also got into the latest athletic prospect rankings uh, for prospects under the age of 23 Not great for the Bruins. And we get into that and how that ties in with Cassidy and how that ties in with everything. So, uh, a great episode. One I think you'll very much enjoy, as you should always enjoy these episodes. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up?
1: Evan, I'm doing well. How are you doing?
0: Doing great. Doing great. It is almost September. Can you believe it? The, the, September is the month that training camp starts. Hockey's Ooh. right around the corner.
1: You got. We're starting to get to the point now where you can, you know, wear a sweatshirt with shorts. Feels like football's in the air. Training camp for hockey's in the air. We're getting there. Apple cider donuts. Ooh. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful time, Evan. We're almost there.
0: It is a beautiful time. I think my new, my favorite fall thing is uh, Downey Ciders has a cider donut. Yes. Cider that I believe only comes out in the fall. Uh, and it is amazing. I'm am a it's huge also like fan.
1: Impossible to find those things. Very sell hard to like find. Crazy. Meanwhile, you go to like any liquor store. They have like 85 uh, boxes of shipyard pumpkin head.
0: Yeah. It's like
1: and I'm not not to disparage shipyard, but you have no. one, I think, in September, you know, with the little like cinnamon sugar, like rim. And then you have it and you're all set. You hit your quota. Like I could knock out multiple down east side of the ones you can never find them anywhere but it's part of the game right part of the part of the experience
0: part of the excitement of getting them is it's like you know you found buried treasure in a sense exactly Uh, that's that's how it works but you've been very busy uh you and greg bedard uh, teamed up to do a one-on-one with bruce cassidy out in vegas which uh came out of nowhere very exciting stuff uh hopefully people go read that because again, we're not gonna be like listing off all the quotes. We're just going back and forth on what Cassidy said, just like reading the quotes. Uh we will not be doing that. It's like an audio book. Uh, yeah, it's an audio book. We're just gonna read the story to you. That'd actually be kind of nice. Imagine if people could uh listen to us read our articles to them. That would be yeah. so uh
1: nice little like uh we'd be like David Allen Boucher, Magic 1067, <laughs> just a little like jazz in the back as we just read off the transcripts.
0: Nice way to fall asleep. One of my yes. friends one time, uh she said to me, she goes, Evan, I listen to Bruins beat when I'm trying to fall asleep. And I said, I that's might beautiful. never recover from that. So that's, uh, that's, that that's, that's quite something. I hope other people are not uh, listening to this to fall asleep. <laughs> uh, hopefully not. Hopefully not. But maybe they are, you know, it's up to you. You do what you want with this. Uh, but anyways, you had the one-on-one with Bruce Cassidy. Uh, and there was a lot to take away from this. Uh, first thing, first of business, it's hot out in Vegas. That's been a clear. Could we clarify uh, that from the start? Yes, it's a clear, big change going from, you know, summer here, which can be a little humid at times, to like the Mojave Desert, which is yes. a little bit hotter, a little bit it's, hotter.
1: It's not great, Evan. It is not fun being in Las Vegas in July, August, really most most months of the year. It's quite oppressive. There's always people talk about, oh, it's a dry heat. No. No, it doesn't no, matter. Screw you. Like, <laughs> it's, it's so not, hot. it's still hot as hell out. <laughs> like yeah, it's no, 110 it, degrees i'm going to be cooking i'm literally oh, fine
0: yeah, yeah. one of my friends just did a cross-country road trip in an rv with his family and they stopped in oklahoma for a rodeo it was 114 degrees and people yeah, are like oh like oh come on you know it's it's uh it's it's a dry heat and he's like is, 10, that, is that is that <laughs> is that sooner evan <laughs> sooner <laughs> go sooners yeah that's in yes. oklahoma that's i guess it's my oklahoma accent uh but like 114 degrees is 114 degrees but uh, it is clear to me in reading your story and in reading the quotes, there's one theme that runs throughout. And, and again, this is me interpreting it. He's disappointed he got fired and he's and he misses Boston. I think it's clear. And I think he's still a little angry about it. And I think if you had to put, and I don't, obviously this won't happen in real life. This would be an unfair thing to do, but he said, Bruce, you get to pick between Boston and Vegas. I think we know which one he's picking.
1: Yeah, I think it's rather clear, right? And I, yeah, I think it's one of those things where you have the immediate aftermath of getting fired, uh, where I think a lot of us are trying to kind of pick up the pieces in terms of finding the correlation of what led to it. Um, then you have... That kind of downtime between him kind of giving his side of the story and in his first uh, media availability with the Boston media after getting fired, where it seems like, you know, was told to his status quo, then got let go, which was kind of surprising. Um, you look at what the Bruins have said after they hired Jim Montgomery, and I think it all comes down to the fact that it's not like there was this overarching red flag or there was a, a mutiny in the room in terms of like, you know, Bergeron or someone saying, like, I'm not coming back if Bruce isn't back. Uh, and that's kind of what Cassidy mentioned in this thing. You know, uh, we talked about the fact that, you know, you can draw kind of parallels between, all right, Bruce leaves and Bergeron comes back. Cridgey comes back from the Czech Republic and Jake DeBrus for since his trade request. Uh Bruce more or less said that he doesn't think that his, uh, you know, his status had any impact on Bergeron or Krejci because Krejci was up front last year about the fact that he wanted to go away for a year, open the door to come back. Um, seems like debris is a different story where it's you know, he kind of more or less deferred to you can ask him that, uh, in terms of um you know his relationship between DeBrusque and Cassidy. But uh I, I think for Cassidy, though, it all comes down to the fact if you look at what the overall correlation is from the Bruins perspective, it just seems like the messaging was getting stale and you've got this set roster that you're trying to win now and try to get one last, you know, push with, I can see the the argument that they have in terms of a new coach, a new system trying to, you know, squeeze more potential out of a group that you've already worked with for a long time. Um, I could get the correlation or, or the, the, the reason behind that. If you're the Bruins, even if that isn't like if you look at, you know, maybe a list of top 10 reasons why a coach is fired, usually like, good team just switching it up. That usually doesn't happen. You can almost kind of look at like uh, the Celtics, right? With like Stevens going from Stevens to Adoka, where it was like, this is a good group, a new voice, maybe can just get more out of it. Um, it works for them, Ve- but you don't.
0: How about Vegas going from Gallant to DeBoer? Yeah,
1: exactly. Ago. Yeah. So uh, it's definitely usually not at the top of the list as to what leads to coaches getting fired. Usually it's team sucking on missing the playoffs or massively underachieving. Um, so for Cassidy, I could see why you look at kind of the track record he had and the rationale uh, in terms of why he got let go. Makes sense why he's disappointed, right? It wasn't like there was this thing where, obviously, at the end of the year, people talked about Cassidy getting fired. That was—I don't think anyone talked about that. The first two, three days after the Bruins season ended, at, you know, a lot of the criticisms focused on Cassidy. So if you're him, who has built quite a track record, yeah, I'm sure you're still pretty sour about the fact that you're now out in Vegas again good team that should rebound this year. But if, you know, you talk about Cassidy and he mentioned how long he's been in the New England area, grew up a Bruins fan, like, yeah, obviously I think it's pretty cut and dry that he'd rather still be here.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the tough part is normally when a coach gets let go unjustly, it's like, oh, whatever, you know, it's unfortunate, but you move on. I think with Cassidy, it's different because he spent 14 years in the organization. You know, he came up through the minors. He, you know, he grew up a Bruins fan. I think it was different for him. And you see it in the, in the, in the article how much that game seven loss in 2019 kind of impacted him and how it's kind of, you know, still uh, affected him in that sense. But an interesting quote uh, came uh, when he was asked about if he felt like he was a scapegoat from uh, the Cam Neely and John Sweeney perspective. And he said, well, I certainly wanted to come back and felt that I had deserved to come back. I thought I did my job. Nobody's happy when you don't win the cup. I'm not going to sit here and say the staff was uh, infallible or anything like that. We needed to be better in the playoffs in certain years. At the same time, I thought we got a lot out of the players that were in front of us. Tough to win. We were in the mix every year. We just couldn't quite get it done. So I don't know about sacrifice. I just felt uh, that our, our staff did a really good job. I'd agree with him. He got the most out of the talent that was there. Right. And we're going to get to this later when it comes to these prospect rankings, which we'll get to in a second from the athletic, which is not the end all be all, by the way. But, you know, they are pretty in tune at times with prospects around the league and they compare them. And that's sort of, you know, we definitely see more of the Bruins prospects than we do, like, say, the Anaheim Ducks prospects. So it is good to have a Nashville person kind of put it all together. Um, But it's not like Cassidy was handed a lot. Uh, especially when it came to the younger players, and he even mentioned, like he kind of pushed back on the question of, you know, one criticism was you weren't great with younger players, and he was like, well, you know, we did develop McAvoy and Carlo and Grizzlick and or Grislich, uh and and Bjork and you know Flip Donato and, and, and DeBrusque, like, and and he even mentioned you know, getting Pasternak when he was still very young. So I think it kind of keeps going back to, and and obviously, Cassie's not going to come out and just go, yeah, I felt like the scapegoat because. Again, I don't think he wants to burn that bridge, but I do think there's a part of him that's like, "Hey, I felt like I was the guy thrown under the bus."
1: Yeah, I, I think the if you had to sum up like the interview in just a few sentences, it's Cassidy's disappointed. Uh, he can see like what the 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 narrative or the rationale the Bruins presented is. It's not this uh, com, you know complete stretch in terms of just a good team wanting to switch things up. It's just unfortunate. It kind of came at his. Uh, you know, at at his situation in terms of he's he's the odd man out there. But in terms of the fact that, you know, this wasn't just, I think all falls on him, which I don't think he kind of acknowledged that as even being a real narrative. Because I think if you ask more Bruins fans, it seems like a lot more of the criticism, even I think people who are receptive to Jim Montgomery can see that, you know, maybe a new coach coming in here can get more out of this established group, which I think something that now looking back on it, I could totally see, you know, Montgomery and his systems getting more out of an established group. I don't think that's any stretch of the imagination to say that can't happen. Like I do think that's a I think that could benefit this group. It's just I think when you look at who ultimately pays the price for the years of coming up just short, years in which some you know, familiar flaws with the roster end up dooming them in critical times in the postseason. It's just unfortunate that it falls kind of on just one guy in Cassidy, who I think if you look at his overall track record, shouldn't usually be kind of the, I don't know, the, the sacrificial lamb, I guess, in terms of what has led to a lot of these really promising seasons coming up short. But as is usually the case, it's usually the coach that gets uh, takes the brunt of the criticism first before it kind of falls on other people in the organization.
0: Yeah, and again, I think if it, if they continue to underachieve, it will continue to go up. I don't think yes, it's going to be yes. like, they're not going to let Jim Montgomery go, you know, unless things went like really bad. But again, I don't think... Uh, I don't think that that is going to be uh, the case at all. But it seems like uh, Bruce is still having a good time out in Vegas, feeling good. But if if Cassidy really wanted to feel good, like really good out in Vegas, he would uh, he would choose our next partner, which is Athletic Greens. They have a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted better gut health and more energy. I don't drink coffee or use caffeine because I wanted healthier natural energy and AG1 has been providing. Oh, you, I can't be pulling that out uh, of the ice coffee. No, wow. AG, athletic green is the only thing. Uh, it doesn't taste like it's super healthy or anything either. It has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75, yes, 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. All the things, Holy all the things. Crap. Whoa, it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it contains less than a gram of sugar. No GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting really good. This all supports better sleep quality and mental clarity. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Mm. It's just one scoop in a cup. Of water every day. That's it. Number one, number one, no need for a million different pills and supplements to uh, look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Five. One scoop, five. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash Bruins. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash Bruins. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I actually moved in with a bunch of my friends and I had my athletic greens. And one of them who's very into being healthy and everything, tried it, takes it every day as well now. So he's loving it. So again, make sure athleticgreens.com backslash Bruins. So uh, you have... It's Bruce Cassidy interview, which comes at the perfect time as the athletic uh, Corey Pronman over the athletic does his uh, prospect rankings. Now he had ranked the Bruins as the 32nd system last week. Again, that's 32 out of 32 teams. So not the greatest, not the greatest. Again, it's at the end all be all. It's an opinion, but again, credit where credit's due. The athletic does keeps does keep up with prospects from all around the league. They do. So this is not like, you know, I, I again, I can't speak on where um, guys have been ranked in the past on these lists. I know someone, I don't, I cannot confirm this. Uh, and maybe you can help, help me out with this, but someone replied to my tweet and said that at one point they had McAvoy like in the hundreds for prospects, um, which I find hard to believe, but I do know, did. like, I think, was
1: it, even like a year ago, I think Swayman was like rated as like their fourth best prospect. Like, I don't think he was even in the, I think he was, I don't know if they ranked the like the top players under 23 last year, but I do know like when they did like a review of like the Bruins prospect pipeline, I want to say he was like fourth or fifth on the team. And this was after again, a short, a small sample size, but that stretched there in the 2020, 2021 season where he was, the the best young goalie probably in the league again you, you ho, who knows how that kind of trends is over a course of a year but you look at that simple size probably be like all right this guy at least we know he can play in the NHL so again that's not to say that you should discredit everything that is you know posted from other play- people like this you look at guys like Corey and and Scott over the Athletic they've got a very tough job keeping tabs yes. on <laughs> hundreds of prospects across the league. So, uh, you know, it's definitely a tough job they have, but um, yeah, it definitely isn't the end all be all too, in terms of, you know, charting the the ability or the ceiling of some players, because a lot can change once the puck is dropped in a season and guys kind of go through their own respective development timelines.
0: Yes. And again, it's tough to chart prospects. That's the other tough thing is guys who come out of nowhere. There's guys at the top. I mean, remember like how people are so hyped up on Alexis Lafreniere and Capo Caco, and they still could be very good players for the Rangers. But I remember when they were both getting drafted and coming up, it was, you know, they were the next big things. Yeah. Yeah. Nail Yakupov type stuff. And it happens like that's how kids work, man. Um, But so uh, they released their uh, top prospects under the age of 23 and they ranked 170 of them. Uh, and I know it was 170 because I'm scrolling through the article and I'm like, where is Fabian Lysel? Boston, 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 and do the w- <laughs> search, search keep BOS. <laughs> None. I'm looking for Mason Lowry. Mason Lowry was not in there, which I found interesting unless I missed him. But I do. I don't think I missed him. I do not believe he was in there. Fabian Lysel was number 170. So Fabian Lysel was uh, the last person ranked. And I was surprised by that. And maybe again, maybe it's because we focus on the Boston prospects more than the others, um, than around the league, and they're kind of contextualizing every prospect amongst others. Whereas we kind of we'll look at Baby and Lysel scoring a really cool goal, or look at his own performance. Goal, oh, that's terrific! But you know, we're not charting you know the other guys as well. But I do find it kind of weird that he wasn't ranked a little higher. Still, though, I still think their prospect pipeline is getting better but it's still not terrific especially down the middle
1: yeah I think it's just you have to take a a pragmatic look I think if you want to have a a critical view of the Bruins prospect pipeline like for me I wouldn't probably say they're 32nd but I still think they're 25 to 27 maybe I I think like you I agree that I think it's getting better I think you look at uh, guys like Lysel, Laura, who I think has a very, very high ceiling. I think even if he maybe doesn't hit his potential, I think he's a guy that could be your sheltered third pairing uh, power play guy, like, in this value to that, but he could be, I think, what, what do we say when we kind of charted out a few of these guys that he could be like a John Carlson Fall works yeah. out well. That's not to say that's going to happen, but like he has. Connor that.
0: Ryan says Mason Lowry is the next John Carlson.
1: In terms <laughs> of like what his potential is, skill set, size, all those things, it could happen. Um, but then even guys like Jelvik, um, look at Riley Duran and his stock kind of rising. Uh, Murkulov, like again, these aren't guys that are surefire, you know, going to be top six guys, or even a guy like Duran, maybe his ceiling isn't top six, but. I think you're at least seeing more guys added to this uh, this pipeline that the adequate reps with the way that they're developing could at the very least be everyday NHLers, even if that's further down the lineup. Again, you're still missing that high-end skill. You're missing that surefire, you know, top 30 prospect that you can chart and be like, all right, this guy looks like a, a top six center or anything like that. You're still missing that maybe, but they're still adding more pieces to the mix that, are giving you a higher ceiling or at least look more appealing than maybe what you've had in years past where it was, all right, we hope that Axel Anderson, you know, pans out or we're looking at like Stanika and you know, is he really a top six guy, which doesn't seem to be the case. Um, so I think they are on the up and up, but still, you're definitely not in the same tier as, as you said, guys like Anaheim or LA or Carolina or anything Detroit. like that. Detroit. Yeah.
0: That's a big one. Safe bet. That at some point someone will come from the Bruins prospect system and compete at the NHL level in a big way. But we're talking really safe bets. Talking about your good friends over at Bet Online, our partners at BOL continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info, like Athletic Greens. One scoop. Number one source. Crazy how that works. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Major League Baseball scores. Go like this when you look uh, at the Red Sox scores. You don't want to see those. Uh, the latest fighting news next season's uh, NFL futures, which is coming up quick, uh, and even NBA and NHL futures. Battle is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online, where the game stats, where the game stats. I still look at someone like Lysel and I see a lot of potential there. I mean, the fact that we're sitting here discussing, hey, can Fabian Lysel step in on the top line and be a top six right winger at the age of 19. The fact that we're even discussing that on a team, by the way, that has a really good top six. It's not like the Bruins are um, the Red Wings or the Montreal Canadians. Like this is a, like, I know there are lots of holes with this Bruins team and there are lots of question marks, but the reality is that top six is actually good and went fully healthy. And the fact that we're even discussing if Avian Lysel can slot up in there, the fact that it's even a chance and there's going to be so many times in training camp where he's going to make a really good play, whether it be in a preseason game, a rookie game. Um, can you hear that going over me right now? A helicopter You can't. Nope. Oh, well, it was screaming the hot, over me. The hot
1: take uh, machine. No. Hot
0: take machine. They're dropping athletic greens in the backyard. That's what they're doing. Respect. Um, and you have to respect that. But so I still look at the fact that we're discussing Lysel like this. And I I don't understand how he ranks that low. Uh, and I and again I know that it's a national perspective. It's not the end all be all, but I do think that Fabian Lysel does not get enough love in a sense from the national media. And again, as I said, not everything. Just kind of surprising that he doesn't get as much uh, as much kind of clout with everyone, considering also we had an amazing WHL playoffs last year as well.
1: Yeah, I think when it comes to something as divisive, I think as. Uh, prospects and their ceiling and what you of them. I think it's usually the, the best thing to do is kind of find some agreement in the middle, you know, where it's, I don't, I don't think if you're a Bruins fan you should operate with the assumption that lifestyle is a top 20 prospect and he's going to make the top six like right out of camp or anything like that. But also I don't think he's a guy that should necessarily be that low. When you look at, you know, what he did in the, uh, with Vancouver last year, he had a pretty strong, uh, World Junior, but I also think you watch him in World Junior, you could see why this is a guy that what I think is going to end up happening is he goes to Providence and learns the ropes there in terms Damn. of just his overall game, right? Because still a guy that has that high-end skill, but you go from players your own age to bigger bodies in the NHL or even the AHL, where I think there's going to be some adjustment for him. You, you know, that speed can only go so far when you've got guys that can stand you up at the blue line or knock you around or keep you to the outside. So, Um, he could, but he could very well be a guy that would surprise me if he's playing NHL games by the end of the year. No, not at all. Is he a guy that could, you know, be almost a point per game guy in in Providence for what should be a pretty good Providence team? Absolutely. And who knows? He he goes down there and he doesn't miss a beat. Um, and he kind of rises his stock. And I I think that's just how you have to approach any prospects, especially someone like Lysel is just go in with the expectation that I think, um, he's still your top prospect. He should get, meaningful reps down in Providence and if he pops and you know accelerates his timeline great you'll take it it's almost like Pasternak right where he was drafted what 25th had a lot of high-end skill you're very intrigued by it but it's one thing to see him do it like overseas or where have you and another thing to do it in Providence goes down there and what has was like 18 points in his first 22 games something like that all right then you can change those adjustments I think for any prospect it's all about you know, setting realistic expectations. And if they exceed it, it's a pleasant surprise for everyone. Like look Ooh. at Lori. Lori was a guy that was overage in the USHL. Um, A guy that when you look at fleet-footed, you know, bigger defensemen, you're like, all right, usually there's a little bit of a learning curve going to college. Didn't really look out of place at all with Ohio State. So what do you do? You can readjust your expectations then. I think that's the best way, I think, for anyone, especially Bruins fans, just to view any of their prospects. You know, keep – a reasonable floor. And if they break through it, then that passes just another hurdle or another test for these guys as they eventually get to where they want to be at the NHL level.
0: I know there are going to be a lot of fans that want Lysel in the lineup for opening night. I get it. He's fun and exciting and all those things. But I think the only thing that should kind of cause a red flag or disappointment for people is if Lysel goes into Providence and doesn't produce right then it's like, okay, there's something here. You know, you got to think about that. Maybe he needs another year here. Maybe, it's it's a difficult development. But again, he's shown no signs that going to the next level has been an issue. So, but again, that's the only situation where I will raise a red flag and be like, okay, let's we gotta rethink some things here with him potentially. And by the way, he's only 19. Yes. So lock and change as a 19-year-old. Um, but I think it's the only situation where I think Bruins fans should kind of kind of go, hmm. Yeah, hmm. I don't think if he de- again, probably not gonna make the team, probably gonna start the year in Providence, probably gonna play most of his games this year in Providence. That's okay. That's very much okay. That's you want that, uh, especially because you don't really need him at the NHL level just yet. It's no like you're not dying for that. Um, but the NHL, we'll see again in the preseason what he looks like uh, in games. Hopefully, he doesn't have a Jack Nika moment where he you know puck goes in off his teeth and into the net. Hopefully, that doesn't happen to him. That'd be an unfortunate kind of way to kick things off. Uh, he played in the preseason last year, though, didn't he? He did. Yep. Yeah. So this is uh, you know potentially a year he could make the team or Providence at least. So. We will see, uh, Connor. Though, where can the people, what can they look for from you over at uh, BSJ?
1: Yeah, as we get closer to the start of training camp, we'll continue to kind of look through a few of the other pressing questions regarding the Bruins in this roster. Uh, look at upcoming training camp battles that will be probably dominating the headlines throughout the first few weeks of September. So, all that stuff will be over at BSJ. So, please subscribe, at bostonsportsjournal.com. dot Want to follow me on Twitter? You can do that at Connor Ryan underscore ninety three.
0: Go do. All that for CLNS Media. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Bruins, listeners have a great rest of your week.